Welcome to The Independent Entrepreneur, available online at www.indiebizshow.com. My name is Sean Salisbury, and today we're talking with Kevin Delaney, a voiceover artist who resides in Los Angeles. Kevin has been doing voiceover work for over 15 years and teaching voiceover classes for about five years. Kevin will explain why an actor or voiceover artist in Hollywood today requires an entrepreneurial approach, as well as share his ideas on what it means to be wealthy. And now, we turn to Kevin Delaney, who's joining us today in studio. Kevin, we start with the same question we ask all our guests, which is, what was your first meaningful job and how would it influence your future career? That is a hard question to answer. I'm tempted to say I've never worked a day in my life, (laughs) which is not literally true, but it feels like it's true. I have always been very entrepreneurial. I have always sought out ways to be creative and make money and have fun and get into different projects. What was your first experience doing that? I can't say exactly what the first experience was. I can remember being a kid, for instance, and going to the airport and finding those carts that people would leave that you're supposed to return and you get a quarter when you return them, but most people wouldn't bother. So I would grab them and I'd return them to the machine and I'd walk out of the airport with two pocketfuls of quarters. And when you're a kid, that's a big deal. Yeah. And I remember my dad saying to me one time after that, he said, you're an entrepreneur. That's what an entrepreneur does. He finds things that other people either don't see or don't care about and seizes upon them and turns them into something profitable. And I thought, wow, that's pretty neat. I hadn't heard of that word before. So, um, yeah, I mean, that, and I mean, all kinds of things when I was a kid. Uh, I was an altar boy, you know, for several years, and that isn't usually the most profitable kind of thing for a kid to do, but I turned it into a profitable experience because I got hired by the church to be what they call the sacristan. The sacristan is basically the stage manager for the masses, and they hired me simply because I actually showed up. And I didn't drop the hosts all over the place, and I, you know, I, I didn't uh, overflow the sink and all this stuff. I mean, I actually did a good job and, and wound up getting paid to do that. And then also, one benefit of being the sacristan was I got to serve the weddings, and those had really nice tips. So again, I mean, something that most people wouldn't think of as a profit-making kind of experience turned out to be quite profitable for me. And again, I was quite young at the time. Sure, sure. So now you kind of joke that that you haven't worked a day in your life. What do you do to make a living, pay your bills, and that kind of thing? Uh, Make a living. First of all, I don't make a living. I make a killing. I'm very adamant about that in my own mind. At this moment in time, I'm I'm a voiceover artist, which means that I perform in commercials. I perform in sometimes animated projects, narration, those types of things. And I also teach. I teach voiceover workshops. I do private coaching. I do classes here in L.A. And I also do classes and private coaching online now. So tell us a little bit about your voiceover career. How did you get into it? What interests you in it? Well, I've always been interested not so much in voices, but in characters. Mostly people, real people, but people who are characters. I I know this is kind of sacrilege in my line of work, but I was never a big cartoon fan. I did watch cartoons, but I wasn't a huge fan of cartoons. I was more interested in shows like The Carol Burnett Show, and I liked actors like that. And when I was very, very young, I had a tape recorder, and my parents initially were using it to record me and, you know, my baby talk and that sort of thing. But as soon as I figured out how to push the buttons on the thing, I 
grabbed it and I started to use it to create my own shows and create things that, you know, were, were from my imagination. So it was a very natural thing for me to play different parts. I was an only child. I didn't have anybody else to be in the recordings with me. So I kind of had to do it all myself and it all just came very naturally to me. And then as I grew older, I began to see, hey, there are people who really do this. You know, they do this professionally and they do this as a career. So I started to uh, look into opportunities in that. I was an actor in Pittsburgh where I started out and was very happy to get involved in any type of acting at the time and really moved into the voiceover world when I figured out that it doesn't matter really what you look like or how your hair looks or your wardrobe. And most importantly, you don't have to show up on set at 5 a.m. Right, right. <laughs> so uh, how long was it before you were able to really make a, a, a living? Killing, Sean, killing. <laughs> make a, how long was it before you were able to make a killing uh, doing voiceover work. Ah, uh, I'm still, uh, I'm, I'm still waiting for the big windfall. It, it will come. My motto is, I'll make money eventually, and I always have, and I always do. Pretty much right out of the shoot. Uh, I, I never really struggled as an actor per se. I mean, I've had my ups and downs, but you know, I left school very, very early. I left school basically the day I was legally able to, and left school is a nice euphemism for I dropped out. Uh, <laughs> and if I didn't drop out, I would have flunked out. Um, I mean, I was a terrible, terrible student, and it wasn't what I wanted to do. I wanted to be creative and be myself, be me. So uh, acting was very natural for me. Uh, you know, I've always been eccentric and weird and off the wall, and I mean, what else can I do but to, uh, act and capitalize on that? So I um, very uh, quickly, I think, out, out of high school, uh, began to develop myself as an actor and just put myself out there and... It really wasn't very difficult at all for me to get noticed and have people interested in having me come to their castings and that sort of thing. And, you know, just just doing my stuff. I've never really focused on on the struggle side of it. I've been having too much fun with it. Some people don't really realize the voiceover and acting world that basically you kind of do have to be an entrepreneur in order to make it in there. You don't have someone who specifically hires you to come in and, and work for them nine to five or, or, or that. Can you sort of paint us that picture of what voiceover artistry looks like? It's not pretty, Sean. Um, what does it look like? Well, first of all, to mention something that you just said, a, an awful lot of actors fail because they're not entrepreneurs and they don't have the entrepreneurial mindset necessary really to succeed in business. When you are an actor, you're a voiceover artist, you're in business for yourself. And it's absolutely the same thing as if you were starting your own catering company or your own consulting firm. You are, as your podcast says, an independent entrepreneur. You don't have somebody telling you what to do and setting your schedule for you. And I see an awful lot of actors who fail because they don't really get that. And they're not very independent-minded. They are looking to somebody else to set the agenda for them. When you're an entrepreneur, you have to be able to stand on your own vision even when the whole rest of the world thinks you're insane. And even when the whole rest of the world is right in that matter. So uh, painting the picture of entrepreneurship for an actor, you just have to be a total self-starter. You have to be absolutely focused on what you want, your goals, uh, knowing very clearly what outcome you want, and at the same time being absolutely able to roll with the changes because things come up very, very suddenly. You know, it often happens that I don't have any idea what I'm going to be doing the next day. I don't have a schedule for the next day. That might be at two o'clock in the afternoon. By five, I've got 
three different things I have to do the next day. So being extremely flexible in that way is crucially important, and yet at the same time being very, very goal-directed. I hope that's not too abstract. No, that's perfect. Yeah. Because I, because the the job does change on a day-to-day basis. And I, again, I think that that's what throws a lot of people off, you know, when they get into an entrepreneurial kind of mode is uh, they expect more regularity. And regularity can be a, a fine and wonderful thing, but you also have to be ready for the unexpected things that come up. More than anything, the unexpected opportunities. Now, you're also uh, teaching voiceover doing workshops and lessons and, and private coaching and whatnot. Can you tell us how you, how you got into that aspect of the business? I got into teaching mainly because I got tired of people saying, Kev, when are you going to do a class? Do you coach? Do you teach? That sort of thing. So I got into coaching and teaching mainly to shut people up. It didn't work. People are talking now in the world more than ever, thanks to me and my classes. So I started doing it, and I really do enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. You know, I, what can I say? Anything I've ever gotten into, I've always been interested to understand the nuts and bolts of it. And I took a lot of voiceover classes that were good, but there wasn't really a lot of conceptual understanding of what are we doing here? What's this all about? What does it all boil down to? And what are we doing in a more kind of abstract way? A lot of it was just, here's the script, do it. And I like to take a step back and think about it and say, what, what's our purpose here? You know, what's this all about? And so I felt I had something to offer in that area. And uh, it, it's very rewarding to see people improve and get better and go on to have agents and make great demos that get them work and have people come back to you and say, hey, you know, thanks to your coaching or thanks to some advice you gave me, I just booked a gig for whatever, you know, a big national commercial, that sort of thing. So that's what keeps me in it. So how do you go about pricing and marketing the classes uh, that, that, that you're, I mean, you always seem like you're filled. I see you, I get your email updates and whatnot. How do you go about marketing that and also yourself as a voiceover artist? Talk a little bit about the marketing aspect of what you do. It's hard to talk a little bit about the marketing aspect because the marketing aspect is such a big aspect of what I do. I'm tempted to say I'm really in the marketing business. I mean, we all are today. We're, we're all media moguls and we're, we're all, we have to be advertising executives and marketing experts. Marketing is a big, 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 big part of what I do, not only as an artist and an actor, but also in my teaching and my coaching. Marketing, very simply, is the art of getting it out there taking whatever it is that you have, your brand, and getting it out into the marketplace, which means into people's heads. That's where the marketplace is. It's not a geographical area. It's between people's ears. And so, you know, there's marketing and then there's branding. And they're really two separate things. Branding, I see as a subset of marketing. Branding exists within marketing. Marketing is the broader issue. Marketing has to do with taking your product to market. Branding is what's the mental peg on which people are going to hang your product, your service, your identity. That's really what creating a brand is all about. It's saying what is your brand that's going to distinguish it from everything else that's out there. One of the worst sins that anybody, any kind of business or entrepreneur could make is you try to be all things to all people. No, you have to be something specific. Otherwise, you're nothing. You're just you're, you're undefined in people's minds. So I see both marketing and branding as extremely important, 
most people today are very, very focused on the marketing. You know, they're embracing social media, they're embracing websites and all those sorts of things. But they also need to spend time thinking about the branding and how am I differentiating myself from everybody else that's already out there. No matter what it is that you're doing, unless you're truly creating a new category for yourself, you have to recognize that people already have a myriad of choices and they probably already brush their teeth or eat at restaurants or whatever your product is, people are already buying some product in that area. So why should I even pay attention to your product? You know, you can bombard me with advertisements or uh, marketing offers, but if I don't have some reason in my mind to pay attention to you, then I'm not even going to pay attention to anything you say. That's a real problem today for marketers. There's such a thing as ad blindness. People don't even pay attention to the marketing messages, and partly because we're just so inundated now. So what is the Kevin Delaney brand? What makes you unique in your space? Well, that's hard to sum up. It depends on what way you're talking about me. If you were talking about me as an actor and as a voiceover artist, I would say, generally speaking, what sets me apart is well, it's my sound and my personality, but also the sense of fun that I bring to what I do. When I play character roles, for example, people often compliment me on the characters that I play because my characters are a little bit skewed. They're a little bit odd. They're a little bit weird. That's kind of my secret sauce or my secret ingredient. I always like to make my characters at least a little bit off base, a little bit crazy. Um, I did a character for the World of Warcraft video game that the producers had been having a very, very hard time casting. And it was this gigantic hulking robot that they wanted to sound like a child. And they were mainly reading women for this part because it's usually women who play the kid parts in animation and that sort of thing. And I was at a session, and the irony is I was reading for a very, very different kind of character, a character with a very low gruff Scottish accent, which I wound up not even being in the game playing that part. They scrapped the whole thing and had somebody else do it, ultimately. The character that I did play was this very childlike character, but I added a spin to him that was, I think, different from what anybody else was doing. Everybody else was making him very sweet and innocent. I made him sweet and innocent, but also insane. So, (laughs) again, that set me apart. They really liked it, and... It wound up being this incredibly popular character. It's called the XT002 Deconstructor, and you can look him up online, and people are just talking all about him. And some people hate the character, too, by the way, which can be a very good thing. I embrace controversy wholeheartedly. So you also produce uh, several websites and whatnot. Can you tell us about those and how that figures into your marketing and your brand? I have a lot of websites now. I have kevindelaney.net, which is my main website for my voiceover work mainly, and also a little bit about me generally as an actor. There's Voiceover Ninja, which is my blog, uh, which pertains to the voiceover world and has a lot of videos and podcasts and recorded webinars that I've done pertaining to voiceover. And then I also have a blog now called The Wealthy Bohemian, which is, uh, is something that came out of my voiceover classes, mainly discussions that we would have in class that would get into various issues of entrepreneurship and marketing and just the lifestyle, basically, of somebody who is very independent-minded, very creative, and somewhat at odds with the world as a result. So uh, it's mainly a collection of different ideas that I have pertaining to that sort of thing. 
Tell us a little bit about that philosophy behind the Wealthy Bohemian blog. I mean, this is kind of speaks as you as an entrepreneur, right? Yeah, it's me as a creative spirit. It's me as somebody who is absolutely committed to having the most fun that I can in life, not paying any attention to what people expect of me or what society says I ought to do. The Wealthy Bohemian is somebody who is absolutely committed to their own wealth and their own happiness. And, and the basic theme of the blog is redefining wealth. I think that if we're going to become really wealthy, we need to first understand what wealth is. And too many people, I think, define wealth too much in terms of money or material things. And don't get me wrong, money is great, material things can be wonderful, but the main way that really successful people define wealth that I've found is time. Do you have time in your life? Do you have the time to do the things you want to do? Don't tell me how much money you got in the bank or how many homes or cars you have. If you don't have time, you have nothing. And so for me, in a very fundamental sense, the ultimate wealth is freedom, being able to do what you want to do. And money is a part of that. Money is a tool to help bring that about, but it's by no means the ultimate. So I am committed fully to my own success in life, but my concept of success is a little bit different from what a lot of people think of when they think of success. I know a lot of people think of being wealthy in terms of you know, having a, a gigantic house and you know, driving luxury cars and that sort of thing. And if that's your bag, hey, you know, have at it. It's not mine. You know, if I had a million dollars, I'd produce 10 independent films. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't rush out and you know, buy uh, you know, some, some lavish, lavish luxury item. So you know, for me, it's about just getting that idea out there. And I've had so many people come to me and say, yes, that's what I want to be. I don't care about this stuff or, or these trappings or these status symbols. I want to live my life. And it's also a frustration that a lot of people have. They feel like they're not really living their life. They feel like their time and their schedule is being dictated to them by somebody else, or there's all these standards that they have to live up to. So a lot of people are coming to me now and discovering this website and saying that this philosophy very much ties in with how they really want to live. So can you tell us a little bit about some of the mistakes that you've made over the years in your career and whatnot? What did you learn from them and that kind of thing? If I think back on my career and my life, it's interesting because I wouldn't immediately think of too many mistakes precisely because I think I've handled them well and learned from them. So they don't seem like mistakes to me. I would say, just trying to think in terms of fundamentals, probably the biggest mistake that I made early on in my career was not recognizing the difference between me and other people nearly enough and quickly enough. Ironically, the other people seemed to recognize that much more than I did. They seemed to think I was a freak and I was different and I was weird and what are you doing? Nobody does this. And, and my whole thinking was, no, no, I'm just like you, really. You have your job and I have my job, right? I mean, it's the same kind of thing. And, and I've since you know, completely abandoned that idea. It's ridiculous. I'm not like the other boys and girls. I'm different. I stand alone. I stand apart. I forge my own path. And I don't work a job. And I am not beholden to anybody. And I'm not punching anybody's time clock. And if I flop and fail, which I do incessantly, pretty much, not all the time, thank goodness, but... I'm the one who, who has to bear the consequences. I can't blame my committee or my department or whatnot. Or, I mean, I, I'm out there 
doing it by myself. And, and when I succeed, my success is mine. I don't share that with anybody unless I want to. And then when I fail, it's also completely up to me. But people often will tell you that when you're starting out. Like I've heard so many people say, my family is dead set against me going out and having a creative kind of career. They want me to have a more normal kind of career. They want me to you know, work in an office or whatnot. And I'm trying to convince them that this is a legitimate job. You know, it is just like what they seem to think I should be doing. And that was the error that I made. And I try to tell people, say, don't kid yourself here. Entrepreneurship is a vastly different way of doing things. It requires you to break from a lot of the thinking that's out there in society that your family and the folks from the old neighborhood are probably very much steeped in. So, you know, to be able to break from all that, that takes time. And it can be frightening and a little lonely to think of yourself being alone in that way. Fortunately, of course, there are other entrepreneurs and people can connect, you know, through a website like yours, Sean, or people can listen to podcasts like this and realize that we're not really all that crazy, you know, and (laughs) we do succeed, you know, there is a good outcome with all of this. I call it embracing your eccentricity. I think a lot of people go through their lives desperately trying to convince themselves more than anything that they're normal, that they're not uh, weird or they're not an oddball or whatnot. And uh, in many ways, the entrepreneur is the person who's able to throw that whole concern to the wind and say, you know what? I am going to forge my own path in life. I'm going to march to my own drummer and I will be laughed at. There's no question about it. You know, everything in the whole so-called system that's out there in many ways is designed to prevent you from going out on your own, designed to prevent you from being an entrepreneur and living a creative kind of existence. So you're up against a lot. If you can enjoy that, though, if you can get a kick out of being different, it helps immensely. What's one of the biggest lessons you've learned being in business for yourself? And and how are you applying that in what you're doing now? The biggest lesson I've learned being in business for myself is that you have got to have fun doing what you're doing. You had better enjoy what you're doing, otherwise you are not going to be able to bring what you need to bring to your work. You know, to be an entrepreneur, you cannot just check in. You don't just show up. You really have to bring your best self. You have to bring so much of your internal life to what you do. And this is a problem I know for many people who are in more traditional types of employment is They are just showing up. They are just punching that time clock. And they're selling an aspect of themselves, which is really very cheap. They're selling their time. They're selling their labor. They're selling, to some extent, their intellectual ability or their ability to connect things. But if you really want to bring those deep subconscious integrations to your life, you have to love what you're doing. You have to be passionate about what you're doing. So make absolutely certain that at all times you are focused on things that you love to the extent that you can be. I mean, we all have to stand in line at the DMV and that sort of thing. I get that. But to the extent that you have any control over your time and your life, you must be focused on that which you love, that which really matters to you. And that way you're able to activate all that really good creative stuff inside of you. I don't know of any other way to survive as an entrepreneur other than to do that. No, that's great. That's great advice. So it takes a certain amount of leadership to not only market yourself as a voiceover artist and in leading your workshops. Can you tell us what leadership means to you? When I think of leadership, I think more than anything of vision, having a strong vision, having a clear vision. 
we can talk about leadership in any number of ways. We can talk about the leader of a group or organization. We can talk about a political leader. We can talk about a teacher as a leader or a parent as a leader. Or we can talk about someone who is a leader in their field, somebody who has accomplished something very admirable and many people look up to them and want to emulate them. To me, the only real kind of leadership is leadership by example. Be the thing that you want to instill in others. Embody that which you want others to do and to be. I don't know of any other way to really inspire people because, in my opinion, that's what a leader primarily does. They lead by inspiration and by example. So in your workshops, what is your teaching style or teaching philosophy? Do you have a, a certain kind of approach to that that sets you apart, makes you different? What's your brand there? As a voiceover teacher, my essential approach is I begin with the premise that everybody has something to offer, even if they don't realize it or they don't recognize what that is, which they almost never do in the beginning. That's part of the process. You're discovering what it is that you're good at. You're discovering what it is that you have to offer. But I begin with the premise that everybody has something good to offer. And when I listen to somebody perform, for instance, for the first time or for the 50th time, I go in with a very open kind of attitude. I have no preconceived ideas at all. I don't have any idea about what I want them to sound like or what I want them to do. I basically put myself in that audience seat and I just listen. And certain things hit me. You know, I've been in this business now for about 15 years, and certain things I know, as soon as I hear them, I think, that's something good. I mean, that's something very marketable. You can really do something with that. And then other things might be very different from anything I've ever heard, which I'm often encouraging people to develop. I very much encourage people to develop their own brand and their own individuality. So, I think if you talk to my students, I think that they would say that probably is what sets me apart in that way. I don't like at all the standard kind of voiceover identity. And I think a lot of teachers are encouraging people to do that, how to sound like so-and-so who's on television or on the radio right now. I'd rather create something different. I'd rather create a brand that's going to make people say, this is the next thing, not this is a carbon copy of what we've heard 10,000 times before. So how hard is it to break into the voiceover business? It sounded like for you it was fairly easy, but for someone coming in, taking your classes, what can they expect if, if they really want to make a career out of it and that kind of thing? Well, breaking in is easy. It's staying in that's the hard part. Anybody can make a demo. Anybody can uh, just you know start putting themselves out there. Anybody can put a website up and call themselves a voiceover artist. I mm -hmm. mean, you know, what are the qualifications? You speak and you've recorded something to show people what you sound like. Bam, I'm a voiceover artist. You know, as far as getting the gigs and getting people to pay attention to you, that is very much about building your business. And to a very great extent, it's about building your reputation. You know, I live and work in LA and here you have to have an agent. I mean, you have to have a really good agent who believes in you and understands you and is getting you out there. So that's a big selling process. And that's an ongoing thing too, because people get dropped by their agents all the time. So that maybe you're not booking a lot right now, but to be able to convince that agent to keep you on because that next big job is right around the corner for you. Tell us, what, what plans do you have for the future? Are, are you going to keep doing what you're doing? Do you have any interest in doing anything else entrepreneurial or 
Tell us about that. I have so many plans right now, Sean. It's ridiculous. It's crazy. The, the, the difficulty is knowing what not to do, really, because uh, I am a limited entity. I only have so much time in my day, in my week, in my month, in my year. I have to be highly, highly selective in what I do. I will say I do very much believe in continuing to do what's working for you. That's one of the dangers in being an entrepreneur is, you know, you can do anything. Almost. I mean, not literally anything, but there's no one to tell you what to do. So there's this kind of this world of options that's open to you. You have to be careful not to get carried away with that. I am very interested right now in continuing, certainly, with my voiceover work and continuing with my teaching, my coaching, my classes, and growing that aspect of my business. I'm also very, very, very interested in everything I'm doing with The Wealthy Bohemian and getting those ideas out there because I think they're extremely, extremely important. In terms of any other specific projects, I don't like to talk out loud about future plans and future projects, because in, especially when there's a recording running, because invariably somebody will come back and say, hey, Kev, you said this two years ago and it didn't happen. Well, I did this, 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 and this, but because I didn't do what I said on the recording, I'm a, a big liar. So I, I'm very skeptical about that. And you know, you can't predict the future. You don't know what's coming, both in terms of the crises that come up, and sometimes crises do come up, but also in terms of opportunities. I mean, we don't know what's coming in technology. We might have a generalized idea, but I mean, four years, five years, 10 years from now, who knows what grand opportunities are going to be out there that might make whatever I would say right now sound very quaint. What advice can you offer for anyone who's thinking about going into business for themselves? Know very clearly what you want. Know what you want and know why you want it. Know who you are because that's where it's all going to come from. Know yourself. Know your values very, very strongly and stand on them like you are standing on a piece of rock and do not allow yourself to be swayed. I'm not a fan of religion, but I do like the story in the Bible of building your edifice on the solid ground and not on the sand. There's all kinds of shifting sands out there in the world. There's all kinds of fads and things that are here in the moment. But you have to be able to stand on your own vision. That's what an entrepreneur is and does, and that's what entrepreneurship means to me more than anything. That's fantastic advice. And tell us, Kevin, how people can find you and your various websites and whatnot. Well, you can go online and you can type in kevindelaney.net. That'll get you to my main website. Or if you want to see my website pertaining to voiceover specifically and my tips and ideas about voiceover, you want to go to voiceoverninja.com. That's voiceoverninja.com. And if you want to read some of my ideas about wealth and happiness and entrepreneurship and success, you want to go to wealthybohemian.com. Or you can abbreviate it wealthyboho.com. Great. Well, thanks a lot, Kevin, for coming in and talking with us today. We really enjoyed learning about your business and your entrepreneurial spirit and whatnot. And we wish you a profitable future. Thank you, Sean. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to The Independent Entrepreneur. The show's theme song, Tommy in the Morning, is by Pete Hutlinger and used with his permission. All other content on this show is copyright 2011 by Sean Salisbury. We hope you've enjoyed this interview. For more information and to listen to other interviews, please visit www.indiebizshow.com. That's www.indybizshow.com.
I could do the rest of the interview in a character voice if you'd like. That would not be good, no. Now you just make me want to do it more! <laughs> we'll put this in the end over the music yeah. outtakes or something. The outtakes. Hello! <laughs> Hello, I'm Kevin Delaney, yes. Let's talk about voiceover. <laughs> yeah! You're in the lion's den. <laughs> okay. Talk Radio AM 1020. Well, we, we could do a little, if, you, if you're if you in the mood for doing a little, vo- you know, like character stuff. Oh, please. Why, are you going to pay me for this? <laughs> <laughs> talk, talk to my agent. You brought it up! Come on! Um. <laughs> it's okay if I do it spontaneously. Got but it. But if you ask me to do it, then you owe me a session fee. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you think I'm kidding? I don't think you're kidding, no. <laughs> if anything I say doesn't make sense, just edit me out. Yeah. Yeah. I'm good at that. <laughs>